Welcome to the Pseudobook Podcast. This is episode number eight. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Edwards. And today we have a cool episode because we've not only got normal guests, musical guests that we'll talk to, but we've got a guest host. So Sam Warbeck, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sam Warbeck. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've got Delfina with us from Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Zach. Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. 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 Oregon all the way. Oregon. <laughs> Which is uh, Zach and Phoebe, a duo as far as I know. Though you have some other collaborators maybe we'll get to discuss that help out as well. So um, I got a chance to listen to your guys' stuff this week a little bit, um, probably two or three times through, uh, just full disclosure. Um, I actually listened to it. Um, really cool indie folk, indie pop, kind of mellow, but I mean, not all mellow. Um, and so I, I'm excited to dig into that and sort of talk to you guys. So maybe we could just start off like, how did Delphina come together? Um, and how long have you been doing Delphina? Well, <laughs> that's a very interesting question. We, we as individuals have been playing together for going on four and a half years. Um, and for the first three and three quarters, we were playing as Northeast Northwest. Uh, that was much more sort of rooted in the folk tradition, mm-hmm. still kind of pop inflections. Yeah, Sam sent me one of the songs. What song was Nelly. that? Nelly. Nelly. Oh, my God. So we'll have to, <laughs> if you're cool with it, yeah. we'll post a link to Nelly, among other things. Mm-hmm. Um, really dig that song. Um, Thanks, yeah. So you guys were doing that, so more of a, a folky side. Mm-hmm, and we were sort of splitting songwriting du- duties. It was very much sort of this, sort of both bringing stuff to the table together and then kind of northeast, northwest defying it. But then a few months ago, we sort of decided to make a change. Yeah, it actually came about... Um, it came about actually because Zach was the... Um, catalyst he was like we need to kind of focus a little bit more um and he believed in me as kind of a visionary for the project so for those fans who are like thinking that i just said get out of here zach (laughs) i don't care about what you think it's my project now that didn't happen (laughs) um i was the bully it was you have to take charge yeah it was good it was good um (laughs) Because I think if it had happened the other way, it would have not been, it would not have been good. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead, it was, you know, he kind of lobbed me um, the reins for for what we're doing now. And um, it's feeling a lot more focused than what we were doing as Northeast Northwest. He he definitely has has called it the two-headed monster. Northeast Northwest was this (laughs) two-headed monster. And... And now Delphina seems a lot more streamlined. Um, there's one vision happening. It's a lot easier to understand what it is. If we, you know, if we bring people up in off the street for a show, you know, people will walk by a venue and, and come in, which there's, happened with there's something Northeast cohesive Northwest. happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they can understand it within that first song, as opposed to with Northeast Northwest. It was like, wait, now when you're... did you join the show? Yeah, yeah, who are you? What's happening now? This is like a variety show, as opposed to now Delfina like really mm-hmm. makes sense as as its own project. So has yeah. that been like kind of liberating in a sense? Like even though it's like more defined, more of a certain thing, certain direction that is that like freeing as far as creative goes. Yes. Very much so. Very much so. 
I found um, that paradox in so many things where it's mm-hmm. like, give me a few limitations and I'll do a lot of stuff with it. Yeah. 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 It's been, we've just really been able to work really fat, like much faster and just sort of, I don't know what it's sort of like, rather than trying to make everything great for both of us all the time and make, you know, accommodate each person's vision. I mean, like I really am be- someone who believes that every song has its own like little personality. Um, I'm turning into one of those songwriters, I guess, <laughs> but like every, you Follow know, the song where it wants. To yeah. Go. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to do that truly and within the limitations of wanting to record a lot and be like very active musicians mm-hmm. and bringing new stuff to the table with like, we had a band before and while also like, trying to cater each other's tastes and sensibilities to each other at the same time. It was like, it was really just like, well, why don't we just pick one of our sensibilities and kind of write together Mm -hmm. for that and kind of just see where it goes. And it was like right off the bat. I mean, we basically, we did that band thing about three months ago of like we rented literally rented a cabin in the woods <laughs> and we went out for a week <laughs> and we had like we called it our songwriter retreat but we basically just like sat down together and like mm-hmm. rather than having this two-headed monster these like us catering to each other let's work together let's write these songs in each other's presence let's develop these ideas and really make something cohesive together and from that, the name kind of came, like the vision came for this recent EP. Like it just all kind of just flowed together once we just decided to. Yeah, it was much easier. Narrow in on it. So, so what, where did the name come from? What is the, the cause and reason behind it? It's a nod to um, Greek mythology, to my own spirituality, to lots of things. Um, it's from, well, okay, the whole name is. Delphina comes from Phoebe. My name is Phoebe. Hello. Um, And she is a Titan goddess who has kind of ownership. Sometimes there are lots of gods and goddesses who have ownership of the Oracle of Delphi. And so it was kind of bringing those two things together of um, music being from me. Del is like of the. um, And also of being... Um, like an oracle, music is this this thing that can speak to you and tell you what you need to hear. Um, and it can tell each, you know, the same song can speak to everyone in a different way. And I think that's kind of what oracles and what spiritual leaders do for us. Um, so I think of music as that that kind of motor for all of us. So that's what Delphina means cool. to us. Very cool. Yeah. It also came from saying a million names out loud. That's the truth. I always find a, a very stressful well, moment well. on a project is yeah. like, we, I guess we have to put a name on this. What mm-hmm. is the name on this? And um, I guess it usually works out okay. But Well, it was one thing. Another thing that was just really great about this was it, instead of like it being our separate worldviews and like our like perceptions of how the projects were we just went with like what really felt good mm-hmm. and that was like the it was like the songs like what felt good about these songs what felt good mm-hmm. to you know to you but like and then how could i help nourish that or like yeah. flesh out that idea like 
we've always had a collaborative writing style where it's like we kind of come up with these snippets and then we kind of patch it together and like i said northeast northwest of hyatt mm-hmm. but now we're sort of delphina in it in this way but it's not like this careful process of like hmm, i hope you know i hope this person likes this it's like no tell you know give me feedback in the moment let's work it out as we go yeah. and uh so, so you used to have a yeah. band, so more people were involved in the creative mm-hmm. process before, so have you found that's easier just to be fewer people? Yes, yeah. definitely. Fewer cooks. Mm-hmm. It is easier. I mean, we were definitely the leaders of the band, um, but I think the... <laughs> is your former band going to listen to this and be like angry? <laughs> no, we love them. We love everyone that we've played with. We are grateful. We are so grateful. But... Um, but definitely, it's harder to to kind of be caretakers of a vision and be caretakers of a band mm-hmm. um, because you want to make sure that you're you're really honoring the time that they're giving. Um, you're, I mean, we we just were really grateful for what they were able to offer us, but it was really hard to balance that. Well, it is always a mix of different levels of commitment the more people you have involved because some yeah. people have tons of time to give and some people it's like, well, once a month I'll see you and let's try to do something real quick. And sometimes when you want to have more contact or different kinds of creative work, it is hard to work with those different different commitment levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a lot easier with just the two of us. I mean, we can move a lot more swiftly um, we can be more spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even on stage where, mm-hmm. you know, we, one of the things that our audiences will give us feedback about is how connected we seem to be on stage. And that really, I mean, we are connected on stage. It really helps us to move through songs in new ways, um, just live. And, and it's hard to do that when you have a lot of people on stage um, to be able to like, have everybody looking at the same time that like now is the moment we're going to do this thing. And so, so having just the two of us feels really good. Yeah. It's definitely streamlined. It was, it was <laughs> a scary step though for us. Cause we yeah. went from like having a full band, like five piece. Yeah. There's sort of a week. comfort and yeah. safety and mm-hmm. a bigger lineup. Of, mm-hmm. um, it was definitely more potential yeah. sometimes, but also more to hide behind or, or mm-hmm. sit behind. Mm-hmm. Um, well, talk about your, your EP and your, your production on that a little bit. So how long, when did you guys start recording? Um, how, have these songs been around for a while? Or Actually, no. These songs are all new. Um, they all kind of came out of that songwriting retreat, basically. Around that time was when we, we started um, putting them together. And that was just in, like, the beginning of April? March, yeah. End of March? March, yeah. yeah. Yeah, spring break. Um, <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're all pretty new. We had been in the studio working on on stuff that was supposed to be on this album, um, but several of those songs got cut. We wanted to make sure that that um, this album was something that we a hundred percent were behind. Um, so some of those songs will be released as singles later on um, because we do love this other stuff but they just didn't completely fit together and they were also ways for us to learn how to be in that production process mm-hmm. um so these songs really came together quite quickly actually 
um, in the studio with our our friend and co-producer Lee Howard. Yeah, we um, with with Lee sort of developed this process where um, we bring um, we do a lot of pre-programmed drum tracks, just like sometimes really simple. Like Sam, you want to drop a beat for us? Just like. <laughs> it's just really perfect. You got it. You don't even need me. <laughs> sample, that was sample based stuff. Yeah, yeah, sample based stuff. Really simple stuff. And then you know we we brought some a bunch of sort of our ideas and sketches to him, and he had he had a lot of input on this record. He put some of the parts in. Um, he really helped us like hone the creative vision. But what we what we did with him was we sort of used these sketches as ways to sort of explore. Um, yeah, like drum sampling and um, using drum machines and specifically using Ableton, which was really a fascinating mm-hmm. process. Um, that f- program is just so incredibly fast. Yeah, and especially for looping and layering and, mm-hmm. and tweaking things. Um, no, I definitely heard that in my, my listens of the four songs you've released so far. Um, lots of layers. Like, you guys are a duo, but there's a lot going on in these songs. It's not just a two-part thing. And um, I notice also a lot of keyboard arpeggios, and mm-hmm. I don't know which one of you is is guilty for. <laughs> I think almost every song had some really cool arpeggiation going on. Lee Lee is definitely a sucker okay. for arpeggiation, <laughs> but I, I you know I enjoy it. I am also we, a sucker for yeah. it. Yeah, so. it adds so much like it adds such a vibe and like this this little flicker of like what is that you know mm-hmm. like I think especially for the un- uninitiated, as far as synthesizers and arpeggiators go, like it's kind of this magical like sound like are they actually playing like what is that sort of ripple yeah that kind of echoes through the sound like atmosphere has something that's always been really important for us as musicians like we want to have reverb on the on the vocals sorry mm-hmm. sound engineer guy we want we want some freaking reverb on our vocals we want it to have this lushness and you know we've we've talked a lot about doing some recordings as just a duo like without drums, without anything else. And I think that the time will come for that, but it was just really important for our like journey to give these songs like a a full bodiedness, Mm -hmm. this really like richness. And that's something that Lee is just like absolutely masterful at like layering and depth. And I mean, he just really, he, Mm -hmm. you know, he hears and, four or five dimensions, you know, (laughs) and it's just, it's really, it's really been like a godsend of blessing for our. So with that, it sounds like maybe the recording process was also definitely part of the creative process. It wasn't just like, here's our song. Let's just capture it as we wrote it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. There are a couple songs on this album that are really close to the way that we did the, you know, quote unquote pre-production, but, but, a few of them were, you know, really different. There was a, a quite a quite a progression from how we brought it to the studio, um, and and that's been really fun. Um, I would say about the arpeggio, though. <laughs> <laughs> going back, going back, I would say that if you listen to this album, there are some things that I mean. Being being now in the studio and and knowing how many cool studio tricks there are, Zach has magical fingers. Like this album, <laughs> this or this song that we just released today, I guess. Um, Make room. There are some things on there that you would think were 
done with studio magic and it's not true. I mean, that was actually performed. So those kinds of things, I mean, there's a mix. It's a mix of a mix of knowing your machinery and mm-hmm. knowing your instrument. And and I think that's something that this project is really that we've been yeah. able to do mm-hmm. differently from Northeast Northwest, where um, we were we knew our instruments then, but now we know a little bit more about kind of what else is out there and what yeah. really is mm-hmm. possible in terms really of sound. Chasing an aesthetic. So like how do you, blending the organic and the electronic and all that. How do you translate that then to the live show with mixing the performance aspect and playing some of these, but also integrating the studio tricks and these atmospheric sounds with only two of you on stage at one time? It's hard. I mean we so we have one way we do it is we use a drum machine or backing tracks, depending on air the, quotes. The, air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> depending on how you want the explanation. Um, but um, so, but but we definitely have had to kind of reconcile what it means to have your your in studio sound versus your live sound. And I have had a huge change because. My first time in the studio, I was like, everything that we do here needs to be recreated <laughs> on stage. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, we have to be mm-hmm. authentic here. And I think I have made a huge transition because there's so much that is not translatable on a recording that is translatable on on in a performance because of versa, yeah. the chemistry that's between us, you know, the actual relationship that you have with an audience all of that stuff will fill in the gaps that a recording can't do Mm -hmm. so you have to fill in those gaps you have Mm -hmm. to give the texture you have to you know do these things but in i guess maybe that's just justifying it but i don't think so (laughs) i think that we have heard so much on this tour that that we're way better than our recordings and i really take that as a like a huge a huge compliment because mm-hmm. I think our recordings are pretty good, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the recordings are great. <laughs> the re- the For the record, so I'll be unbiased. They're solid. Yeah. The recordings are solid. Yeah. But but there's no there's no substitute for what you can get from a live performance. I mean, if if people really feel. And that's not just us. I'm just saying, like, in general. When mm-hmm. live music is good, it's so good. You don't need any studio tricks for, mm-hmm. like, really feeling good music. So I think that's... I even think that the, you use the word authentic is sort of a overloaded word these days. It's, no doubt. It just, mm-hmm. it just means too much or too little. And, like, even when it comes to studio tricks, it's like whatever gets you the end result of your vision is valid. Like, I don't care what you're doing behind the scenes. I mean, unless you're like killing animals or something. But, <laughs> don't but, do that. Yeah, I mean... We don't do that. This we're we're idea, sampling like, this yowl of the cat as it gets skinned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the atmosphere you need. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just the, the idea that there's like one valid way to capture a performance is kind of ridiculous. I think once you once you get into it and realize, no... This is about accomplishing some kind of vision, and whatever gets us there is what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. same for the live show. Like whatever it takes for that environment to produce the kind of experience you you want to have with an audience is valid. I would say. I think so. Definitely concur. 
I agree too. <laughs> Let's just okay, we're done. We all agree. That's it. High five. <laughs> so yeah. you guys are in the middle of a tour. So you started up in Seattle, is it, or Portland? Long Beach. Long well, Beach. Well, we live in yeah. we live in Portland, but mm-hmm. our first our first shows were in Long Beach, Washington. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we were playing the pickled fish at the Adrift Hotel, like right on the ocean. It's this like, it's the most beautiful room I've ever played in. I mean, it's uh, how to describe. I mean, it's it's wall to wall windows all the way around Pacific Ocean as far as you can see in every direction. Like Long, Be- it's called Long Beach because it's like the longest beach in the world. Oh <laughs> and you can see, you know, twenty miles down the beach, and it's just it's just the most amazing room. But we basically went there for three days, and we sort of treated that as our kind of our warm up for the tour. Um, we had gotten a little tutorial on how to use like a PA so we could run our own sound. So this because that would had always been kind of us. You're always rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we got we got a lesson, and um, so we ran our own sound there and felt really good about it. Then we um, came back to Portland and flew out the next day to Chicago, where uh, we picked up my grandpa's old PT Cruiser that my family had no use for anymore. So that was that was a gift to the band, and we started playing in Chicago. We drove up to Wisconsin, and then. Uh, Chicago's where I'm from, by the way. That's how I know Mr. Warbeck. There you go. There, there it is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, up, up into Wisconsin, um, and then down through Indy, where Phoebe's from, Louisville, Nashville, a couple days in Little Rock, which was amazing. Go to Little Rock. Um, yeah, yeah, we've been all over the place. We've been going. We've been this going. is our, we've been on the road for just over four weeks now and have just over a week to go. And you guys don't completely hate each other yet. No, right? we don't. No. You know, we've learned we've learned a we've lot grown. about each other. We've learned yeah. a lot. Yeah, touring uh-huh. is really, really great. I mean, there are you know, as a musician, you you get these emails from from different musician things like CD Baby and mm-hmm. whatever whatever thing you you somehow have a relationship with, and they're like really you know it's like clickbait, really extreme stances on things like. Touring is no longer valid for anyone. And right. read this article about why that's true. If you're not touring, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I would definitely say that touring is huge to our success. Um, not only in just like spreading our gospel of like who we are and what we do, but but just like being able to do what we do every single night and learning each other and learning how we work together and not being able to go home and just be like, ah, let's take a week off. We have to fight through these things. And it's just, I mean, we've learned so much being on the road. So, I mean, this has been, this has been a really, really good thing for Delphina. Have you guys toured before for other projects or? Northeast Northwest toured. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this is the longest tour that either of us has ever been on. So five weeks is pretty long. Yeah, that's, that's a solid tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was three weeks last time, and we had sort of a lot more flexibility, just both psychologically and just logistically, mm-hmm. with the fact that we were it was all Midwestern dates pretty much. So we flew into Chicago, we played a couple dates in Chicago, we played a couple dates in Wisconsin, a couple dates in Indiana, and we sort of had these like you know three <laughs> three to four days where you're like. Uh, okay, we got this date range, you know, I'll any show. see you guys show. in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you guys in Wisconsin. And with the venues, it was like, well, anywhere in this three to four date range, we can put together a show. With this one, it was like, okay, we are going to be in Salt Lake City mm-hmm. on July 17th 
maybe 18th, depending on what happens. So can that work? Yeah. So we were limited in our choices. Have you had any on-the-fly changes to the the schedule, or has it pretty much worked out? It's pretty much worked out, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we definitely had some some flexibility on the road but it's been it's been pretty solid yeah yeah we've we've done some pretty we've had some pretty amazing experiences we had a we had an experience in nashville that was really special that was sort of the real like wild card of the trip it was like let's go do some recon you know let's see what nashville's about phoebe had been Mm -hmm. to visit but i'd never been and i just kind of wanted to see it so our first night, we kind of gave ourselves a night off and had a delicious burger at the pharmacy. It was a good, good spot. Uh, the second night, we were like, okay, we're going to do... <laughs> and saw live music the first night. Oh, yeah. And yeah. at the five spot, yeah, we saw a live band. That was awesome. Real, true, like, country western. That was, that was yeah. funny. Um, and then the second night, we, uh, we were like, okay, we're going to do this open mic, Nashville. Going to do it. And so we went to this place, and it was kind of a songwriter on the round thing. But we didn't really realize that it was like four hours of that. <laughs> and then whoever signed up that night at seven o'clock, you know, five minutes before we arrived, they just did, everybody was allowed to do one song in front of all gotcha. these like esteemed songwriters and Nashville hit makers. These open mic nights can get pretty cutthroat too. Uh, even yeah. when they're li- like, there's this one in Denver, I won't name the place, mm-hmm. but like people were cutting in front of the line and it's like no one yeah. was there and the only people there were playing songs and weren't listening to each other and it was like you're cutting line here yeah but it's loud hopefully it was yeah. a little more civil in nashville but well it was it was what it was and we didn't get a chance to play so the last the last few songwriters came up and then i was like okay we got to do something i can't go home empty-handed with this yeah so there was there was a nice young group of people up front and we went up to their table i went up to their table and was just like hey what's up y'all like affected my little southern accent you added a y'all yeah Yeah, there's no y'all in chicago it just popped out yeah i don't know (laughs) all that time in indiana (laughs) you didn't know you had it in you. yeah so i went up to them and like we talked to them we're like let's go find another place to hang out and talk and like you know because they were also musicians obviously who hadn't i mean only one of one of the three had gotten to play but the other two were in our boat too where Mm -hmm. where they were like dang it yeah And it just so happened that the girl that got to perform was amazing. Yeah, she's Katie great. Barnett was just, yeah, she's something. Keep an eye out for Katie Barnett in Nashville. But, uh, yeah, so we, like, we're, we headed out, and Phoebe kind of took over and found us a coffee shop to go hang out in, uh, Cafe Coco, and we, like, took over the back room and basically turned it into our own little set. Kind of improvised this whole night. Ended up staying till three a.m. and we sold CDs. We sold CDs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there were so. people there who were just hanging out. So, yeah, turned out well. Yeah, that's always really satisfying <laughs> when like you, you can take a situation and sort of hack it into your own thing, and it mm-hmm. sort of becomes a special thing instead of the disappointing thing of like oh four hours and nothing to show for it. Yeah. Like, well, and tour has been really awesome for that because you go into these situations where you don't realize the culture of the cities that you're in, and so going to Nashville, we were just like, all right. I'm going to do what I can to, like, make something of tonight. Whereas living in Portland, you, like, know the culture, you know, like, these are the rules that we mm-hmm. all play by. And and that night was like, wait, why do I not do this all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't I just choose to, like, play my own game every night of the, every mm-hmm. every single night? So it's I'm I'm really excited to get home just because, you know, dog and husband and house and bed and all those things. But I'm also really excited about... Being able to like see my place in a new way 
and mm-hmm. and play this game in a new way. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something we both talked about, yeah, is, is bringing that sort of spontaneous and sort of, you know, community building perspective that you sort of, that naturally springs up on the road to our time in Portland, because mm-hmm. it, it is a scene, and it has its rules, and, you know, you can play by them, but it, you yeah. know, that isn't always who we are, you know, so... It also Being seems ourselves. like, in a certain sense, the stakes have been raised. Like, just having a good recording is no longer good enough for a mm. band. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you have good songs and a good recording, there's just so many other people that also have good recordings. And so anything you can do to create that special experience or connection with people or with a scene is definitely an advantage. Well, yeah. I think it's interesting, too, that you went to a songwriter night with dozens of people that supposedly air quotes again are are into that scene and there to listen to music but you end up with four or five people that are deeply passionate about it and end up creating an experience with just like a small subset of the original group but Mm -hmm. you find Mm -hmm. those passionate people and it creates this whole new experience Mm -hmm. so rather than focus on like this large group this small little group of people turn into something magical that's an interesting that's I mean I, I think that's a really interesting concept in terms of like art and community building and stuff is like that whole idea of kind of like you can't please ev- everybody mm-hmm. so like why even try like find the people that are enthusiastic about what you're doing and like the people that like click I mean something that someone told us a long time ago that has sort of been rattling around in our brains for a long time is this kind of concept of like find your tribe or whatever mm-hmm. and it's sort of an entrepreneurial yeah. concept. It's sort of a social gathering concept. But, you know, applied to music, it's like there are so many people out there who will just listen to your shit and be like, oh, okay, that's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, forget about that. Like, so, okay, so that's fine. You know, that's fine that you, you don't want to get into it. Like, find the people that are really about what you're about and kind of mm-hmm. try to work not for them, but, you know, use them to like feed you as an artist and keep going. So it's, I don't know. It's something we've been kind of, yeah, bandying about a lot on of late. <laughs> I think it's so true. Rather than having kind of like dispassionate people around you that are just kind of part of the scene, mm-hmm. like a few truly passionate people can really build a following because they're the ones that will go out and talk to other people and tell them mm-hmm. about you and, mm-hmm. and spread this message rather than this, this kind of like apathetic group of people that, just kind of follow you around and want to be part of the scene. Other people want to be part of your scene, which I think is mm-hmm. even more powerful. Yeah, I mean, we have a few super fans back home that have done, I mean, we love all of our fans and everyone is welcome, <laughs> but it's like we have a few friends who have done more for us, like two or three, four, four or five people that have like done more for us than everyone else combined and by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, you know, it's it's we're so grateful for that. And those are the people that, you know, we want to connect with, and it, it ends up being this really nice, like, symbiotic and mutual admiration and respect kind of yeah. thing that just can really, you know, branch outwards. Feels really good. Mm-hmm. So, what's what's the next step? So, you got this tour, making some new connections, some venues that you'll want to return to. Some you'll be like, ah, oh, maybe I'll try a different one in that city. Um, you know, you're finishing this EP, releasing. Is that? Maybe that, I mean, that's plenty going on right now, but <laughs> is there any obvious next step to you guys? Or Yeah, we're working on um, the, the other half of um, a double EP. So this, this EP we've been releasing um, just in kind of a DIY way, 
and we're really excited about the the way that we've packaged it. But um, it's not like pressed with shrink wrap and all mm-hmm. of that because we're going to have it pressed with a, a second EP. So it'll be a split um, album that we'll sell. Um, so we're working on that right now, and we are really excited about getting back on the road and doing another another pass through the western half of the states. Um, so we'll be back here in Denver soon-ish. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we're definitely always looking for forward to the next thing, and it does get somewhat exhausting, but <laughs> it's pretty normal for our rhythm now. Yeah. Well, yeah, with that said, though, we, we recently realized that we had finally, like, caught up. Like, we had finished, <laughs> we had finished, uh the EP before we had released it or before we had like started like making it. It wasn't like tomorrow's the CD release show and we're still recording and mixing. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was like, not that anyone here has done that before. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the CD release show is for. It's your deadline. It's the deadline. You got to give yourself a deadline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it was like an incredible experience to be like, wait a second. Like we know who we are. We we have this, product that we're sitting on we can do whatever we want with this in terms of getting it out into the world let's and then it was like okay well we have this tour coming up let's use this tour as a way to yeah promote it and get it out in the world yeah so we've been releasing one song a week as we've been on this tour so that's been really awesome it's been helping us kind of keep people engaged who are back home and in places that we've already been um and also helps people to know that if they come to the show, they get to have all five of the songs right now. <laughs> Whereas yeah. otherwise, you have to wait until you know next Monday because we released our fourth of five um, today, and then the next one will be out next the beginning of next week. So Monday slash Tuesday, New Music Tuesday. The it's like twenty first of July. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, look at me. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. I'm always I always post it on Facebook on Tuesday or you know, on but it actually goes up on Monday night. So for those of you who are like really on the ball <laughs> I just am always like, Oh, it's Monday, I need to post it. Oh it's I'll just post it on Tuesday. So have you guys found with tour life like you forget whether you're in a weekend or middle of the week? Oh, or, yes. <laughs> totally. The rhythm of life is totally different yeah yeah it's like what what day of the week is it anytime we fill out you know the w-2s for the or is it w-2s that we fill out for clubs i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> taxes whatever um <laughs> uh yeah anytime we fill out the dates people think we're crazy because we don't know yeah. when it is <laughs> every night's supposed to be a weekend you know you yeah. have to make yeah. people excited so yeah it has been hard to stay in touch with the rest of everything including news yeah it's been tricky too like with with uh you know sort of setting reasonable boundaries for ourselves too in terms of just like wanting to do so much and so much promo Mm -hmm. and connect with people and like i mean that's like the blessing and the curse of of being on the road is that you get the chance to like catch with people you haven't seen for ages i mean um i just saw with one of my high school friends right now, our, our beloved guest host. There you go. But, uh, you know, at times, you know, there, there's only so much that you can squeeze in and then you have to get in show mode, you know, by five or six at night. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shifting gears and a lot of like in day transitions and shifts and accommodations that you have to make for 
new personalities. I mean, we've made so many friends and met so many awesome people on the store. It's been like just one of Amazing. those, like how, you know, blessed again, you know, we're kind of like this, how is this our life? Yeah. But with that said, there's like, you got to know when you're like running out of gas. Yeah. It's, it's a long haul. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a lot of work too. It's tricky. For sure. I've been having, having a partner is really good for me to like be able to pull me out of, you know, constantly output mode to, to pull me aside and, and make me center. It's, I, I can't imagine doing this by myself. So I'm really grateful to have Zach along for the ride. Likewise. (laughs) Cool. Well, um, anything else you guys want to call it? So where, uh, maybe we can also just say like, where do people find you on the web or we'll include all the links, but, um, yeah, this tour has been kind of the transition from Northeast Northwest to Delfina. So we just, um, had a Facebook page put up for Delfina. So Facebook that's official. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Delfina, D E L P H O E N A. Um, and you can find music at delfina.bandcamp.com. And then we're, of course, on Instagram and Twitter and, you know. The whole slew. Those. Yeah. There's one other thing that we should mention um, for those of your filmmaker friends and people <laughs> in that world. Um, something, you know, diversification has sort of, it's sort of a keyword for any musician, I would say. Yeah, totally. I mean, you need to, like, give yourself options, like, because it's a crazy landscape out there. Um, but one thing that we've experimented with and had some, um, I guess you could say, s- small amount of success with is uh, music specifically for licensing and for sort of commercial output. Um, mm-hmm. We're both very, we can be pr- very prolific, so we get these little little ideas and stuff that pop out. And so we've channeled that into a new sort of, I guess you could say side project that we call Tiny Ray Music and we have a SoundCloud up for Tiny Ray Music, but it's all music that's it's basically our portfolio for licensing. Um, we've gotten uh, yeah a couple little gigs here and there through that, and it's a business that we're sort of you know interested in expanding on the side. But, yeah, especially for like you have your passion project, and you always kind of hope that succeeds and sustains itself. But um, it's always nice to I mean a, a very commercially viable path for a lot of musicians is licensing. It's one of the mm-hmm. few that still exists that hasn't dried up because you can't really make money selling albums anymore unless you're U2 or something. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so yeah, that's that's really cool. I'm definitely really interested in that stuff too, the licensing, the and also just the mixed media like do you, have you guys collaborated with other kinds of artists or other musicians on stuff or is that something you would be interested we'd definitely in. be interested in it we've we've hired some people to do stuff for us but um but haven't really done exactly that um our our engineer lee just recently had a great opportunity with the ballet in wasn't it the ballet or some I think it was the ballet in Portland that that used one of his... Oh, an independent... Okay. An independent dance company in Portland who used one of his pieces um, that he had done. And so that was really exciting. I mean, to be able to to have your art really inform other people's art is... I mean, that's the dream. Mm -hmm. And brought brought to life. Yeah. To feed someone else's vision is like, yeah, very much the dream. Um, Yeah, we would love to... 
we would <laughs> we bring would it expect on. Bring any, it all accept on. any courting from any <laughs> filmmakers or music video people out there like we 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 love to collaborate and you know we're constantly trying to expand our horizons and move outwards so is that a a prevalent scene in portland that kind of collaboration and experimental nature with other artists or even with musicians to kind of cross collaborate on songs or like you said with the ballet or independent dance it is it is um there are as in any scene there are sort of like little sort of nested communities within you know within the larger scene i would say that portland scene is very robust and healthy incredibly diverse there's just a ton of mixing stuff um i've been lucky to see some really incredible collaborations with uh one that jumps to mind is this guy zach doherty who's like just a wizard with light shows and he like made this dodecahedron and used 12 different projectors to project something different it was wow. it was like a 12 foot diameter dodecahedron hanging from the ceiling and each panel had like a different thing on it whoa and it was all synced to music and he did this like it was just like so the, I mean, like Portland is just so full of creative people, and I mean it's it's something that it's something that you, I think everybody wants to be a part of, but there's also you know you have to sort of earn your spot and get into the scene and you know work outwards, and that's something that we're really working on is branching out into the community, meeting other artists, and sort of taking to the streets with our stuff getting out of the studio getting mm-hmm. you know getting out of our heads like we we have records that we are really proud of and it's easy now that we have that to mm-hmm. you know walk up to people and just say mm-hmm. hey you know again going back to the you like it or you don't <laughs> but right. you know finding people that are psyched about what we're doing and moving forward so yeah it's really different to have <laughs> it's terrible to say this but <laughs> To have a project that we are 100% behind, um, where we're not questioning, like, okay, is this exactly right? It's, yeah, you either like it or you don't, but we like it, so we can push it in a different way than mm-hmm. we've, than I've ever been able to push it. internal confidence to go with it. Yeah, it's... Makes all the difference. It's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I always thought that I believed in the projects that I've done, but... This one is just really different. It's another level. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Have you figured out what it is yet that causes that that utter confidence in this? I think it's everything. I mean, it just seems like it's just so easy. I mean, it's not easy. There are (laughs) things about it that are hard. But there are so many things that just seem predestined almost because they just happen magically (laughs) and so in that way it's like wow universe you believe in this so of course i will believe in it if the whole universe (laughs) believes in it then of course i'm gonna (laughs) believe in it (laughs) so that i think is the the really big difference for me it doesn't seem like we're running against the wind anymore it seems like we have just we have some inertia yes i would totally agree and working you know, the combination of, like, the two of us really shutting off our inner critics, I think, has been huge. Like, we've always kind of wanted things to be a certain way. With this, we just turned it off, and we're just like, let's make what feels right. Like, let's make what feels good. Let's let's 
trust our instincts. We know that we're good musicians. We know that we have, you know, from all the feedback that we've gotten, people say, keep doing what you're doing. So, I mean, yeah, not, not so humble brag, hashtag not so humble brag, but like, (laughs) but like, you know, really it's true. Like it's, we got, you know, we've, we are both perfectionists. We're both people that really care Mm -hmm. about our craft and, um, knowing like when we decided to make this thing, it was like, let's stop being so critical of ourselves and like, you know, ashamed of who we are or whatever. Like let's follow this to the logical conclusion. And with Lee working with him, like he helped us get there. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of like setting all that stuff aside and seeing what came out. And I found that is a a tough balance to find of like, the perfectionist side, the critical side is part of why you, you're good at what you do is because you, you're paying attention to what you're doing, but then you do have to find a time to turn it off and be mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to finish anything if I don't stop yeah. hating it and just start making it. Yeah. And I mean, those are extreme words, but I'm finding that middle ground of critical enough to advance and be better as time goes on, but not so critical you're crippled. Totally. Yeah. Well, Zach and I on this tour have found out that we are literally exact opposites. Like, in the Myers-Briggs, we are actually exact opposites. And that's been really freeing to realize. Just understand that about it. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's really great because one of us will always um, be the... We need to hone. We need to hone. This is, you know, this is the time when we need to like work harder on the project and get it perfect. And then the other person will be the opposite of like, it's time to be done. Ship it. Ship yeah. it. Get at it some done. point, we just need to say it's done. And I'm looking at my clipboard, <laughs> seeing that there so, are three weeks left. <laughs> so to have that, um, to constantly have like the opposite you can perspective each other. is really good. <laughs> so yeah. We're opposites. That's interesting <laughs> and funny. <laughs> well, I found what's interesting too is once you once you put that end on it, like put that ribbon on it, it almost frees you to almost perform better, especially in a live performance or or in the recording of it. To be like, this is it. This is this is how it's going to sound. I'm just going to perform it the best I can in this way, and that's going to be it. It almost frees it up, where you're not forcing it anymore. It just kind of comes out naturally, mm-hmm. and all the things you were trying to force before just come out. Just it just all of a sudden happens magically and beautifully. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Well, I mean, one thing that's been very weird about this process. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. But one thing also that has been that is sort of works works against that idea is that we didn't play any of these songs live before we recorded them. Like we rec- they were mm-hmm. they existed in our minds and they existed in our belief in coming up with a good finished product. But um, we like so now when I hear the record, I still love it. I think it's great, but I'm like, wow, I perform it differently. Like yeah, now, it's changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 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 maybe just a tiny bit looser. It's a little bit freer, but that's part of the magic of live recording too, where it's just you have to be in the room. It's a it's a feeling thing. Like that's and it's the same. That's why you go see a band live is because yeah, they're just those extra little touches that make it. Especially in, yeah, in our media age of everything is available yeah. everywhere 100% of the time, you want to see something you can't get everywhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah. If I go see a band and it's just exactly pixel perfect, the same thing they recorded, why did I just go to a large sound system to play the CD? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I would say, I mean, even even songs that we recorded previously that we had 
had played live for a long time are very different than when we recorded them. So, yeah, you want to make sure that your songs have life and that you're not just like, okay, now that it's recorded, it will never change. (laughs) (laughs) This is how it shall be forever. The song was brought down from the mountain. Never question it. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely not us. (laughs) For better or for worse. Well, cool. I, I think we're hitting close to a, a good length here. And I just want to thank you guys so much for, um, you were in town anyway, and, and Sam for helping set this up to talk to you guys. And we'll have to do this again next time you're, you're coming through. Um, yeah. So everyone, definitely check out Delphina. We'll have links in the show notes. And Zach and Phoebe, thank you so much. Thank it's been you. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys. And, and Sam, great hosting. Awesome. It was so good. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wait. Till-